This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Weekly Podcast for the week of September 10th. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm joined by Vivek. And there is not much Raptors news happening right now. Once again, uh, I promise that there are week guests coming on uh, to talk about sort of ancillary stuff other than just, you know, us discussing basketball that, uh, you know, is mostly speculative. Um, but we're going to talk about basically bold predictions. Um for the upcoming season and also what Nick Nurse might do with the team. Vivek just wrote a piece for Raptors Republic uh, that you guys should all read about um, how creative can Nick Nurse get. There's a lot of things he listed on there. But before we get to that, um, there is breaking news, all right? There is a apparently some random interview that LeBron did where um, he appeared on, I think, this like British talk show or whatever, and he mentioned the Raptors as title contenders. Now, granted... He did also mention that, you know, the Rockets and the Thunder and the Sixers and the Celtics were also viable contenders along with Golden State. But, um, you know, it's nice to get that acknowledgement from the uh, from LeBron as, as someone who has thoroughly embarrassed us. I think he has never said that about the Raptors before. And now that we have Kawhi, all of a sudden you hear the, t- the term, you know, championship contender, which is... I guess we already know that's true, but to hear from LeBron is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, so I actually watched this interview. I think uh, I saw it on YouTube yesterday or the day, day before. Yeah. And he's he was in Paris, I think, uh, for some Nike shoot or something like that. And okay. that's when the guy asked him um, about the season coming up. And uh, I, th- I think he asked about, you know, what will be like the Lakers' ability to contend. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when he was like yeah obviously the goal every every year when i play is to play for a championship um and then he just sort of rattled off all the names i think from the east he mentioned uh the celtics the raptors the sixers yeah um and then yeah like obviously the warriors rockets and thunder so yeah it's always because you know like we kind of just forget that this team flamed out in the first round last year and they lost to the jazz um, yeah, but I mean, know. I I really thought they started to figure out an identity um, sh- for a stretch before Roberson got injured, and mm-hmm. now with Melo gone, um, if Roberson's healthy, I think uh, Grant's improving, uh, and Sh- Schroeder like didn't he have like a thirty-two point sixteen assist game or something today for Germany? Um, Did he? Yeah, something like that. I, I thought I thought I saw a notification about that. I spent the entire um, day in Milton playing soccer with basically my dad and other dads. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not keeping track of what uh, Dennis Shorter was doing. Shout out, shout out Milton FC one time. Fourth place out of 12, not bad. We got Yo, robbed. That's it's okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I know. We lost our – yeah, we lost 
we gave up like five goals all tournament. We played like six games, and four of them were penalties. Nuts. We were just yeah. very sloppy defensively. Yeah, uh, that's rough. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Schroeder actually works pretty nice for them, right? Like in terms of like what they want to do. I think they just want to always overwhelm me with length and athleticism. Yeah. Uh, and Schroeder, especially going up against second units. I mean, I don't think he's a very efficient scorer, but I think he's one of those guys that he's going to do so much. Uh, within the offense, that it's going to just create chaos, right? It's like a very, very diet version of of Westbrook, and it, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think the Thunder is is, is interesting. I, I just think that like a team with Westbrook, he's always going to kind of like artificially limit the ceiling of his team if he continues to play the way he he's playing, and you know, if, mm-hmm. if it's if rebounds and conserving energy on defense is more important than you know, winning basketball, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it is what it is. But I think, look, it's nice that the Raptors getting on this love, right? Because, like, we're hearing it from LeBron. Earlier in the week, also Brad Stevens, you know, mentioned the Raptors as the best team in the, in the conference. And I think he's just paying respect because, you know, LeBron's gone. So uh, the, the Cavs can no longer be really considered that that team. And then also the Raptors, uh, you know, won the conference last the one year. Seed. Yeah. yeah, exactly, right? So I think he might have been being nice, but still, like, the amount of respect being shown to the Raptors um, has been kind of promising and, and quite, quite encouraging to see. So um, that's pretty much all the Raptors news that's actually going on right now. Uh, and so instead of trying to stretch those, let's talk well, about... Well, shouts to OG throwing the first pitch at the Blue Jays game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, so the Raptors, yeah, they, they had that team outing, right? I heard, yeah, like, yeah, yo, yeah. Nick Nurse went on the radio to talk with Mike Wilner, like... What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Mike Wilner asked him some very generic questions. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's, it's a basketball coach coming out of – let's not talk Jays. The Jays are so depressing, man. I mean, you, when you see the photos <laughs> of, like, who's coming to these games, like, jeez. Oh, man. Man. Yeah. You can get, like, a whole uh, – like, a viewing box for, like, probably 50 bucks right now. It's really yeah, sad, no- man. Dude, the the last Rays series over the four games, the average attendance was like twelve thousand. Sweet, sweet. Now we got worse attendance on the Rays. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, oh man, but yeah, enough about the Jays. Yeah, let's talk about um, the actual winning franchises in Toronto. All right, um, yeah. the Raptors. Uh, okay, so let's look ahead to the upcoming season. Um, let's first go over your piece, which is already up. Um, Again, it's on Raptors Republic. You guys should all check it out. Um, it's called How Innovative Can the Raptors or Can Raptors Nick Nurse Get? Um, so in here, you mentioned a couple of things in terms of what fresh ideas he might bring. So let's start from the top and go to the bottom. Um, you're talking about JV, Jonas as the playmaker. And you talked about how, you know, he kind of improved in that regard last year. Sort of like what new role do you vision him uh, in terms of playmaking and sort of in terms of results? Can we, can we see... JV average like two assists per game, which he has. I don't think he's done yet, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it's possible, and I think this. I, I went over this a bit in the article. I think my thought process with this was more coming from you know you look at how much DeRozan handled the ball last year, how much of a primary uh, ball handler he was. Um, obviously, that needs to be redistributed now, and. If you want to still manage Kyle Lowry's minutes, mm-hmm. if you want to, if you don't want to overwork Kawhi, who's coming off a season where he played just nine games, I mean, I, I know we've we've seen uh, some uh, reports out there about you know how he's looking really great in these summer workouts and stuff like that, but 
the 82 game grind is a grind. So um, I think you still have to be a bit watchful, at least to start out the season, like the first couple of months, just ease them in. And so that's where, you know, I think uh, especially, you know, you look, you look at the relationship that Nick Nurse has with JV. That's been talked about a lot. So I, I think you could see him start to explore uh, JV more and see it, just how much of playmaking he can get uh, out of Jonas. Yeah, and for those people who don't know, I mean, so out of all the assistant coaches, I think Nick Nurse has spent more time with him than anyone else, maybe except for Jamal McGlure, who has uh, just basically just been a guy uh, he JV scores on and dunks over in the post as, yep. as, as, a, as a workout guy. But, I mean, like, yeah, like Nick Nurse is, you know, he's a big fan of JV. He told uh, Josh Lewenberg in the summertime around, like, I think Summer League that uh, – He's on the JV train. I was really disappointed. I thought he was going to say JV high. That would have really cemented it. But, um, yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think, you know, you, you see that the type of center that the Raptors got to back him up, right, with with Greg Monroe, like, who is very stylistically similar to JV, although he's pretty much just flat out worse across the board. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, like, you know, they, they covet the fact that there's a big man that they have who they don't necessarily need to dump it down to, but, you know, he's able to roll into the paint. He's able to, you know, make plays from um, the high post. That was really encouraging last year. And I think um, you also mentioned it here, like the fact that he's able to shoot uh, more accurately now. I mean, I I don't know if defenders are going to routinely guard him out there. I kind of still doubt it. But um, if he's able to do that, then obviously there's a lot more space for people to start cutting and, going through the lane and stuff like that. And when you have guys who are really good off-ball players, like Lowry has really become one. Kawhi has always been really good off the ball. Danny Green is an expert off the ball. Um, even OG, you know, we saw last year how opportunistic he was with cuts. Like, if you have a center where, you know, the paint's going to be uh, a little bit less cluttered because he's holding the ball at the, at the three-point mm-hmm. line at the top of the floor, then that's a guy who all of a sudden you can run more action where you're, you know, spotting cutters. And I don't think that's something that the Raptors have done a lot in the Dwayne Casey era is to, you know, have their big men actually make plays. So it's nice. I like that one. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. And again, you, you already touched on this, but I think the spacing it op- opens up so much, right? Like you look at going from DeRozan and Pirtle to Kawhi and Danny Green, the three point shooting gets upgraded significantly. And yeah. I think that would make it easier for any playmaker not just jv you know right. whether it's lowry you know it, you know it, it looked like he lost a step last year in terms of just being able to get into the paint and create off the dribble yeah. um but who knows now with the spacing around him maybe it does open up a lane uh for him that maybe he didn't have last year so mm-hmm. all those little things can add up so um yeah why not why not jv yeah i would also say like i would really like to see jv come back with this just anything better of in terms of just his handle because it's yeah. it still just looks really rough um yeah. but yeah i mean if you can improve that then all of a sudden it's he's gonna take another step as a player and i think last year was a really nice year for him um another one that you mentioned here pascal siakam playing the point forward role um mm-hmm. we already saw it uh a lot last season in terms of just him leading the break but um do you feel like he can functionally work as a point forward um in a half court setting um that's a good question i i I think he can uh especially when the raptors go small 
Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if, well, I guess technically then he'd be playing point center. Um, but yeah, that's that's another opportunity where you know if he's playing point center, you can bring the uh, the opposing five out and and then you know you're able to play five out. And I think that that would be the most ideal scenario for him to run uh, point in the half court. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's at the four, I think it's probably. Uh, you know, you're probably going to see a lot more of Van Vliet and DeLon handling up top. And, you know, whether it's Monroe or Serge or JV, uh, it, they'll be the ones setting the screens and Siakam sort of playing off that. Um, so I could I could, I, I could see him uh, more off the ball in those scenarios where he gets the ball off, you know, whether it's a dribble handoff and he's getting it on the run. I think that works better for him. Uh, as opposed to just being up top and creating. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And look, hey, again, you don't want to buy too much into summer league workouts or summertime workouts and stuff, but uh, what you're seeing in terms of just uh, um, Pascal as a playmaker is in terms of these open runs where a lot of it is driving kick. Um, um, the Raptors' second unit uh, has, has looked incredible in those runs. Like, they just... They obviously have way more fluidity and, and chemistry as a unit. So, you know, they're doing stuff that's way more complex than, I don't know, some random f- five NBA players come down and they each, each take turns ISOing. Um, the Raptors yeah. actually move the ball and stuff. But Pascal's, you know, drive, kick, and even his three-point shooting has been um, has been pretty impressive in, in these runs. Obviously, we're only seeing the highlights, so you're never going to see him miss. But um, it's, it's all good. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that with the second unit, especially if DeLon Wright in, in, like continues to improve as a three-point shooter, mm-hmm. um, and I think last year he was already quite solid, but um, the more that those guys, him and Van Vliet, Van Vliet obviously can already play off the ball, um, but the more those guys are able to just knock down open jumpers, like it actually does work really well to have Pascal hand the ball. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Pascal run pick and rolls with a smaller guy. Like if, if it's like... You know, if he if Van Vliet's guy is screening, so the point guard switches on to Siakam or whatever. Like, I kind of like seeing Siakam be able to drive because he's really good at, you know, keeping his uh, just just keeping the ball high and driving through guys. And it, it, he's so long, he's so athletic that like it really only he only needs to take basically like one dribble inside the three point arc, and he's able to get to the rim and finish over guys. And so um, yeah. there's a lot more playmaking opportunities there. And again, it's it's credit to Pascal for improving his. Uh, uh, his handle. Um, another one you mentioned here, Ibaka off the bench. Um, do I you think, think. Do you think this is gonna be an ego problem with asking Ibaka to come off the bench? Because I think so the groundwork is already getting laid on this front. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be the main issue behind wanting to start him. Uh, you know. I, I think ideal in an ideal scenario, he comes off the bench. I think the only way he doesn't come off the bench is if he sort of basically says to Nick Nurse that no, like, you know, this is not something that I'm signing up for. Trade me, whatever. Like, I made sure to carry champion eat a fish eyeball. Put some respect <laughs> <Yeah>. to my name. <laughs> I made Romeo Lukaku eat chicken feet. I, I made Biz eat some cow tongue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think barring that, I think it's just a better fit, and that, and I, th- I think that's the key selling point, right? That you are able to sell it as this truly being what's best for the team. Yeah, for sure. And 
And, you know, at the end of the day, he could still very easily be the one closing games. Um, and so if you're able to sell that to him, um, because, you know, right now, I think there's going to be a lot to compete for for the Raptors in terms of who that closing five will be. Uh, but if Serge Ibaka shows that he can be the backup five, um, that he's comf- more comfortable in that backup five role, um, playing the center, and, you know, uh, uh, we might get into this a bit later, but uh, I wrote about it in the piece about the Raptors' dependence on dropping the big. Um, if he can sort of do uh, that job where he's patrolling the paint a bit more, we might see even uh, a bit more of the old surge, right, where he's able to contest at the rim a bit more often as opposed to, you know, uh, last season where even even though the net rating for that starting lineup was high in terms of how you want to play, um, I, I don't know if it was in the best interest of Ibaka or the overall team de- defense against elite teams uh, to have Jonas patrol the paint and then depend on Surge to keep up with guys on the perimeter. Right. It's not even so a now, it's, it's not a best use of his skills. No, exactly. So yeah. now, if you can have JV do that in the starting lineup, then you have Surge do that off the bench. I think you. I think it's a, just a better way of getting the best out of both those guys. Yeah, I also think that like an underrated aspect like i completely agree i think surge off the bench as to five is is the best solution um i I think an underrated aspect of if you get surge off the bench is that like he we saw last year like how inconsistent his energy would be and how much Mm -hmm. that impacted his level of play if you Mm -hmm. come if you have him coming off the bench and you notice basically in shoot around like oh man surge is he doesn't have it tonight like you just see his jumpers are, are not falling or hitting short iron and you're like, wow, Serge, it's uh, back-to-back. It's it's not good, right? Yeah. Then, at least if you're not starting him, then you're not always playing this fatigued version of Serge Ibaka against the other team's yeah. best players while also not using his skills. Like You're not really putting him in a good su- position to succeed. And so I think Nick Nurse already sees this. Um, there was, uh, again, shout-out Josh Lundberg. He's been killing it. Um, but, you know, at Summer League, um, you know, he also wrote a piece about how Nick Nurse has um, – he sees six starters um, on his team yeah. uh, and yeah. that he's already broached the idea that Serge may come off the bench. He's not saying Serge will come off the bench, but just sort of like, mm-hmm. hey, man, keep an open mind. You know, like yeah. this is this is what the, the, the situation looks like right now. And I think it would even work nicely for him because, like, look, Serge at the five means more blocks for Serge, means more opportunities where he can put the thumbs down. And quite honestly, like, I, th- I feel like Serge could use a little bit of a PR bump. Right, I don't think he's like quite feeling the love from Raptors fans, so, which is understandable. I mean, he hasn't really necessarily impressed. He hasn't been awful, except for in the well, playoffs. Well, I, I think part yeah. of it too is the fact that he actually looked really good when he came over after the trade. Yeah, he and did. oh my so god, see the drop off yeah. from that 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 closing stretch to what what we saw last season. I think that was what makes it even viewed as even more negative, right? Yeah, like, for sure. The fact that you saw how good he could be, and now it's like, uh, yeah, last season was definitely a disappointment. And, and, you know, the other thing I think that really helps the bench with Surge is, you know, I was, I, I was thinking about those games where DeLon, uh, I mean, sorry, where Fred wouldn't play or CJ wouldn't play. And all of a sudden the spacing for that bench unit was killed and they would Mm -hmm. struggle so hard to execute in the half court. Now, if you have a five that can space the floor, at least theoretically, um, I think he helps a lot in that scenario for the Raptors to uh, bench to execute in the half court. And they're already so good. So if they can get it done in the half court now too, um, 
it's going to be lethal. Yeah, it's not a bad option at all to have someone who you're able to just run, pick a pop, and get a shot almost every single time. Yep. Right? Um, so, yeah. And then the last one you mentioned here, Kyle Lowry, the double-digit three-point attempter per 36. So um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're seeing more of Kyle Lowry shooting more threes, which he's already shooting as pretty much as many threes as possible. I feel like this one is going to be a little bit hard to attain just because – I don't see more opportunities where 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 Larry can jack up threes because I already feel like he's already taking ill-advised threes and somehow making mm-hmm. them. I mean, shout out to Kyle Larry for I, I always mention this, but Larry made more threes than anyone other than James Harden and uh, Paul George last season, which is just really really impressive, and I think it really needs to be said. But right. I don't really see how he can get more shots off like that because he's not like Steph Curry where he has that crazy range where. You know, he's liable to shoot all the time. And he also doesn't have, like, Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson, you know, constantly making room for him. So. But, bro, if he, if he takes if he takes every two for one at the end of the <laughs> <laughs> Which he already does. <laughs> exactly. So that uh, that's eight, eight threes right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm just joking. But um, I, th- I think the, the biggest thing that would potentially go against this is, you know, if you're really trying to sell Kawhi, Mm-hmm. Uh, on being in Toronto, on being the main guy and sort of rolling the red carpet out for him, then obviously you're going to give him as much as the, uh, of, the, of the ball handling, the shots, everything, right? Um, so I think that's one aspect of it that could go against it. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think that, you know, the fact that he finished with 8.5 uh, attempts per 36 uh, last season um Everything suggests that the Raptors are going to be playing at an even higher pace this season, uh, especially with the way that they'll be able to go smaller, create transition opportunities, you assume, with the projected defense that's going to be on the floor. Um, on top of that, you you look at the first you know month, month and a half, where he didn't really know where his shots were coming from. Um, you know, Coming into this season, maybe there's a bit of that with Kawhi, but mm-hmm. if it sort of rolls out, if he rolls out the way he did towards the end of the season and the playoffs, I, th- I think he could get close um, or be right there with, you know, the double digits. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the point I'm trying to make here is I do see Kyle being much more of a spot up shooter than uh, the Kyle that sort of we've grown accustomed to seeing the last few seasons. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, we're definitely in uh, preserve the body, preserve the booty mode. Uh <laughs> Um, um, yo, but the yeah. one thing I would say is that, like, the starting lineup doesn't – I feel like it doesn't really have enough ball handling for Kyle Lowry to not be on the ball. Um, not necessarily a lot, but, you know, a, a, enough of the time so that he doesn't necessarily have the opportunity to run around and get these threes off because, like – you know, depending on what the starting lineup looks like, right? But I think it, we, you and I probably both agree that, like, the ideal starting lineup that we would both like to see is, like, Larry at one, Danny Green at two, Kawhi at three, mm-hmm. OG at four, and JV at five, right? Yep. Like, there's not necessarily a ton of ball handling. It's not a deficiency by any means, but, like, Kawhi is – he can handle the ball, obviously, and he can get his own offense, but he's not necessarily a distributor um, in that sense. And – if, if there's Green one aspect really of handling. DeMar's game yeah. that he has the edge on Kawhi, it's probably 
the the playmaking like Demar's playmaking last season his ball distribution it was great I, I would, yeah it was great and yeah. so that's one aspect that's probably better than what I've seen of Kawhi mm-hmm. um even at his best so th- that's going to be a challenge that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out yeah and that's what I mean like I, I feel like um because there's not as much distribution or not as much playmaking like I feel like Kyle has to still run these pick and rolls where in order to preserve the body, that just means that he's going to run these pick and rolls and then pass out of them instead of trying driving to the rim, which, you know, we already talked about. But, yeah, he wasn't doing that much uh, last year either. Um, right. Your piece actually uh, basically inspired me to be like, all right, I got to actually write some Raptors content. It really reminded me how little I've been writing. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's mostly just because, like, I don't have, like, one thought really about the Raptors right now. And I've already written, like, a... Uh, off-season recap, basically. So, um, you've still been doing content, though. Yeah, like, you that's had that true. About uh, Detroit, that was good, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I doubt Dwayne Casey's going to be able to. Well, it's not I doubt. I just think he has to change a lot because obviously the roster is very different, and also yeah, Blake Griffin sure. is a lot worse than uh, what he was before. But um, yeah, I mean, look, in terms of Raptor stuff, like I, I just really want to get some Raptor thoughts out there. So um, I'm basically just going to put out a column. I think. Tomorrow, I think we're recording Saturday, so it'll be on Sunday. But um, it's going to be like a list of bold predictions for the upcoming season. Um, so look for that. But um, yeah, I'm just going to basically spoil a lot of the column now. Please still read it, okay? Um, but we need this <laughs> pod content. So uh, here are some of the bold predictions I got for next season, all right? Number yep. one, Kawhi Leonard wins MVP. Honestly, I, I, I could see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is this is my argument. Let me make that argument. All right. Um, So coming into last season, right, Kawhi had just led the Spurs to like sixty-five wins to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, He was tied with LeBron at four to one odds to win MVP. That was coming into this past season. Obviously, he was hurt uh, and only played nine games, so he didn't come close. But still, he was the favorite, right? And the argument there was he was going to lead a sixty-win team. Um, he was going to be the only, the well, not the only star, but like the clear cut number one guy on that team, and uh, he's very likable, right? And so, I'm a little bit surprised that as of right now, Kawhi is the fifth uh, in term uh, favorite in terms of um, MVP odds. He's behind LeBron, who is the favorite. LeBron's pretty much always the favorite, um, but then Anthony Davis, James Harden, and uh, you know, future Raptor Giannis Antetokounmpo, and so. I'm a little bit surprised because I feel like Kawhi's case, as long as he's healthy and as long as the Raptors are healthy, which, like, ah, I think they'll be healthy. Um, they've been a pretty healthy team over the last couple of years. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I don't really see a situation where a, there's going to be a top five level player, and everyone still considers Kawhi a top five level player, um, where if he's going to be the only star leading a 61 team, I don't really see how you don't give that MVP to Kawhi. Right. Right. And I, and I think the other thing that goes in your favor, um, I think Daniel Hackett tweeted this way back. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. When the trade went down was he, he compared uh, the trade situation to uh, New Jersey getting Vince. Right. And you look yes. at what Vince turned into as soon as he landed in New Jersey. He was back, you know, to peak Vince Anity. Um, so. If this is a situation where Kawhi comes in knowing he's on a contract year, knowing that, 
you know, he has to do whatever he can to show that he's an MVP caliber player, that he is still a top five player, you know, or someone that should be viewed as a top two, top three right there with, you know, Kevin Durant and LeBron. And, um, I mean, LeBron is obviously a, a tier above everyone, but um, if he can show that he's right there, if that's his motivation, then for sure, it definitely uh, lends to him being the MVP this season. Um, all right, the next one's going to be a little bit negative, but uh, I got Kyle Lowry misses out on the All-Star game. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the argument here is just nobody rates Kyle Lowry. Like, nobody, right? Like, when the All-Star voting came out last year, the fans voted Kyle Lowry got less votes than Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Who hadn't but even I mean- played? And when he did play, he was trash. Like, he was so bad. Remember that game where, shout out to that that legendary reaction pod where, like, you know, uh, it was after that Cavs win. And, like, that game, Isaiah Thomas had, like, he shot, like, one of 13 or something. Like, that was how bad he was. And still, Kyle got less votes than Isaiah Thomas. You know Cavs fans weren't fucking with him. And obviously Celtics fans still weren't fucking with him. And still, Isaiah Thomas got more votes than Kyle Bradley yeah. Beal got more votes than Kyle. And who even likes Bradley Beal? What's there to like about Bradley Beal? I, I, I'm, I'm, I like him as a player, but he's not marketable, right? So, yeah, I, I just think that, like, look, A, nobody really likes Kyle Lowry like that anyway. And then also, B, like, there's going to be more competition this year with John Wall being healthy. And John Wall is a guy that people always rate and, you know, they'll vote him in because he's going to be close to 20 and 10. Um Gordon Hayward's going to be healthy. And also Ben Simmons. I really do feel like the hyper Ben Simmons is going to get to a point where he makes the All-Star game in his second year. And so, you know, mm-hmm. that leaves you with Kyle Lowry, which I'm sure that, um, you know, advanced stats uh, Twitter is going to really cape for Kyle and they're, the, the people who are voting for these things. You know, I think it's a split media vote plus player vote plus fan vote now. So the, I guess the media is going to have some influence and in maybe pushing for Kyle. But I don't know, man. I just I don't quite see it. Yeah, I, I, also I mean, like, do you want to see Kyle Lowry in an All Star game? He's definitely he's definitely not going to get voted in. Yeah, what, but he's going to take a I, charge. I do think if the Raptors, if, if I think the coaches will have enough respect for him to get him in the game. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, look. I think ultimately, if the Raptors are like the number one seed at that time, it's going to be hard to justify yeah, you, only one. All-star. You can't have just one All Star. Yeah. That's true. Um, another one that's kind of negative: CJ Miles gets traded. This one's tough. This one's really tough because I really like CJ. And mm-hmm. shout out, I am Lauren Miles on Twitter. But man, great follow. The, the, yeah, seriously, great follow. Go follow her. But uh, the Raptors have a ton in payroll at the moment. I think it's like a hundred and. 40 something million yeah uh, so they're about like yeah they're close to 17 million over the luxury tax and if you really look at it cj mouse is surplus to requirements like he's not a liability necessarily on this team especially and he's always gonna be useful in a limited role because you can always use a shooter but like he's the raptors need to shed salary they cannot trade any more bigs because um, you know, they can't trade JV now because they really do have, need JV. Um, and they can't trade Norm because he's just not really... Uh, you don't want to give up future assets to trade Norm. That's just really a backwards move. And so CJ, with his pretty affordable contract, is probably 
um, available to be moved. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be too shocked if, if CJ got moved. Which is going to be really sad, but I, it would really save the Raptors like 20 plus million in, in, in combined salary and luxury tax if they salary thumped them, basically. And look, it, it's just that's just how the business works, right? Like you, you bring in a guy like Danny Green, and all of a sudden it's like Danny Green does pretty much 90% of everything that CJ Miles does on offense while doing 90% more on defense. Like, yep. That's life, man. <laughs> so it's Yeah, sucks, no, it, it is what it is. Um, but I, I do still like the idea of having a guy that's such a volume threat from the outside. Right. Um, so I think that would be a tough move to make. Like, unless you're in a scenario where Norm earns himself some playing time mm. and proves that he's back to being uh, the old Norm, I think that would, that would be a really tough deal to do. Yeah. Uh, I got some other ones here, but I'm going to skip them. And uh, I'm going to move on to these two. I guess these are both negative, which is really sad. Um, but uh, yeah. well, I got. You doing okay? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't worry. I, the Raptors are going to do great, okay? These are very minor issues in all the grand scheme. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say Greg Monroe plays less minutes than Bebe next year. Or Whew. what Bebe played this season, which is. Yeah, yeah. That one's a bit controversial uh, because I think people got really hyped for Greg Monroe. And they see him as a walking double-double and things like that. But, uh, I mean, yo, if Serge goes to the bench, which I think is going to happen, then where is Monroe going to play? Yeah, he's not. I yeah. mean, so so Serge, you, you presume that he'll get those spot starts when he's going up against those lineups that play two bigs or whatever it is. Mm. And, you know, you don't want you, you to tax OG's body too much. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I, I, I think all signs should point towards Surge coming off the bench. And if that's the case, then Monroe's just, you know, going to be a third string backup and um, sort of in case of emergency break glass. Like right. you, you, we saw we saw his usage uh, even after he signed with Boston, right? Like, it was not I think, uh, And Boston yeah, had exactly. like nobody. Yeah, like they lost uh, Daniel Thice. Yeah, uh, who was surprisingly useful kind of annoying yeah he was pretty good um and so you you would have thought he would have slotted in uh didn't al horford get injured for a bit too yeah Yeah. uh no no baines i think got 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 hurt i think in the playoffs for a little bit too um horford just played like he got hurt for a bit oh (laughs) it's so (laughs) mad that al horford played so on the playoffs slandering al horford was was just such a fun practice man yeah i'm sure people are upset that kyle larry had a good playoffs too yeah. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, no, I'm definitely with you on that one, man. Monroe, uh, he should see uh, very little time on the court, and uh, I think barring barring an injury, he's not going to get minutes. Yeah. Look, the only reason Monroe's going to get minutes is well, the, the reason he's on is on the team, as, as you mentioned, right? Like he's here as injury re- insurance for JV. Yeah. Um, but the only way Monroe's going to get a lot of minutes is when the Raptors are blowing teams out, which, you know, admittedly is going to be quite often. So that's good. But like, still, I, I don't really see him playing more than 10 minutes a game. Baby averaged 8.5 minutes a game last year. It's going to be pretty disappointing for him if he plays less than eight, but like surge is better. And like in all the scenarios in which you want a center to do what Monroe does, you would probably just rather reach for JV. So like, unless JV is in foul trouble or JV's hurt, or maybe surge is hurt. 
or they're setting a game out, like you're just not going to see that much time for Monroe, which is, I'm good with that really, because, you know, he's like the 11th best player, maybe 12th best player on this team. Yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I also have this one, which is very controversial, I think. But uh, I'm going to say that fans flip on OG and Anobi. I'm not saying they're going to hate him. Like, it's not going to be like a Demar Carroll situation. But I just think that people have such high expectations for OG that they're going to be a little bit disappointed when he plays the same role next year. I'm not saying he's not going to improve. I think he's going to improve. I just think no, he's never going to improve enough this season within this role to live up to the amount of hype. Like, people are saying he's the franchise player and stuff like that, which is like... Who is saying this? I'm, yo, I'm just... I'm telling you, the OG hype is, is out there, all right? I'm, I'm not... Like, yeah. if you just look on at Twitter, if you look on Reddit and, like, everything like that, OG's everyone's favorite son. And uh, obviously, he should be, right? Like, OG's awesome. I, I, I love OG. But, like, I think people have this expectation that he's going to turn into Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi's going to be on this team and it's going to be like, well, I mean, like, hey, you can learn from Kawhi, you know? But, like, yeah, no, he's it, – it's going to be a long way for him to get to Kawhi Leonard. And even next season, like, he's going to be the fifth option on offense again, which no fifth option is going to average even more than, like, 10 points a game, right? So yeah. I don't really see how he's going to live up to people's expectations immediately. And when people get disappointed in that way, which, I mean, look, Raptors fans have a real habit of doing this um, – you know, putting too much on a guy and then getting really disappointed when they don't live up to these crazy expectations. You know, I feel like the same might happen to OG, which uh, is just, it would be really sad if it does. Yeah. I mean, even watching Summer League, like, they've tried to put him in situations where he's got the ball, where he's making decisions, and he really did struggle with that. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's all new to him, and that'll come in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't expect a you know, like a huge jump in his second season by any means. Um, in terms of his ceiling, uh, I'm definitely not on the, you know, OG's Kawhi uh, train. No. Um, I'm more, you know, if he can become like an Igadala or, you know, somewhere better than, you know, in that Ariza range, Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Same. Any, anything beyond that is, in, you know, is icing on the cake. But yeah. that's sort of where my expectations are. Yeah. I don't, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's completely reasonable. And look, like, obviously we can only project things as based on what we've already seen, right? Like, no one would have projected this out of Pascal Siakam after his rookie season, right? You're never going to be like, right. wow, he's going to be a point forward. I didn't even see him dribble the basketball as a rookie. <laughs> All he did was leak out for transition jump exactly. layups and, like, shoot exactly. mid-range jumpers. That, that kind of always sucked. And then go to the G League. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean... You, until we see that jump, like, it's not going to be there. And I, I don't really just see an opportunity for him to make that jump next year. Because when he plays with the starters, like, you know, it's not going to be that many opportunities for him to flash his skill set. Anyway, so those two are pretty negative, um, which is, you know, not my intention. But I, I still th- think that ultimately the Raptors are a 60-plus win team. And, you know, that's obviously barring health. But I think this team is... In good hands, man. It really is. And it's really fit to play, like, a modern style of basketball. Like, I think we're going to shoot, like, 30-plus threes a game. Um, we have great wing depth. We're going to switch a ton. Um, we're not even necessarily bad. 